Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb. A special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us on what is a cold and snowy last Sunday of the church year. As we look to what we have here listed in our bulletin, of course, we'll begin uh, by a little catechism review as we continue to walk with our midweek school students through their memory work for the year. And we've come now to the second article of the uh, Apostles' Creed. So if you look to the back of your bulletin, we have that listed there, and we'll go through it together. The second article, redemption. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. What does this mean? I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he is risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. Well, as we take a closer look at our readings for this day, I'll have you turn to the inside of the back cover of your bulletin where we have that focused on Christ section, a summary of our readings for the day. The day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, St. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5. The arrival of the bridegroom will be sudden and unexpected. Therefore, you are to be watchful and ready like the five wise virgins, for you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man is to return. The lamps are the word of Christ. The oil in the lamps is the Holy Spirit who works through the word to create and sustain the flame of faith in Christ. The foolish are those who do not give proper attention to the working of the Holy Spirit in baptism, preaching, and the supper, and so their faith does not endure. The wise, however, are those who diligently attend to these gifts of the Spirit and who therefore have an abundance of oil. The flame of faith endures till the end. By God's grace, they are received into the eternal wedding feast of the Lamb and His kingdom, the new heavens and the new earth, created by the Lord for the joy of His people." We do have great joy to receive a foretaste of that even greater feast to come in the Lord's Supper this day. And so according to his word, our Lord bids us to come to this table to receive the forgiveness of our sins, eternal life, and promise of salvation. And also as we come to that meal, he asks that we be in unity in what we confess and what we believe, not just about the supper, but in our whole confession as Christians. Therefore, those joining us at the altar this day, we ask to be members either of this congregation or of a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, joining us in that one orthodox confession of the Christian faith. Our service this day is divine service setting four as it begins on page 203. We now sing the first hymn. O Lord, absolve your people from their offenses, that from the bonds of our sins, which by reason of our frailty we have brought upon ourselves, we may be delivered by your bountiful goodness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. 
The Old Testament reading for the last Sunday of the church year is from Isaiah chapter 65. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not fill out his days. For the young man shall die a hundred years old, and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit, they shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they shall be the offspring of the blessed of the Lord and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, and dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountains, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night of, or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom, Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Soon there will not be enough for us and for you. Go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise you, O Christ. 
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Christ is returning for his church. This is what the wedding illustration tells us. Jesus is the bridegroom and the bride is the holy Christian church. It's a common biblical illustration. Now, St. Paul beautifully develops the marriage analogy of Christ and his church in Ephesians chapter 5. The Song of Songs, which on the surface speaks of the love of a man and a woman, is really an allegory of Christ's deep love for his bride, the church. Jesus is the bridegroom who sacrificed his very life for his bride only to take it up again on Easter Sunday. As we sing in the hymn, From heaven he came and sought her to be his holy bride. With his own blood he bought her, and for her life he died. Now, when it comes to parables, it's wise to not press the details, but rather look to see the main points of comparison. It helps to know a bit about the customs of Jesus' day so that the story makes sense to us. The wedding couple did not go on a honeymoon in those days. Instead, they were treated like royalty in their own homes. The wedding celebration lasted a week. No one knew the exact hour when the groom would come. It could be during the day or in the middle of the night. However, when he did come and enter into the wedding hall or home, the attendants, they had to be ready. It wasn't permitted to walk the city streets at night without a light. So you can see the predicament the foolish virgins found themselves in. The groom had arrived and would shortly go into the wedding hall, yet their lamps were running out of oil, and they had neglected to take any extra oil with them. Without oil, the lamps would go out. So they went to buy more, but by the time they came back, the wedding had begun, and they could not enter. The meaning of the parable is clear. The oil that is in the lamps represents the gospel and sacraments of Christ, for these are the very presence of God the Holy Spirit. It is through these means of grace that the Holy Spirit calls us to faith and keeps the light of faith alive in our hearts. The light is the faith that the Holy Spirit creates through the means of grace. The wedding is heaven, and entrance into the wedding is only given to those who have the Holy Spirit, for only they have true faith. The ten virgins, they represent the total number of those who are outwardly attached to the church. The wise virgins are the Christians who really were members of Christ's church. The foolish virgins are those who attached themselves to the church but neglected the gospel and sacraments. They heard, but they did not hear with faith. They paid no attention to the gospel. It bored them. They thought it was unimportant. They had no use for it. So when the day came that they most needed it, it wasn't there. But it was too late to get it. Now is the day to hear the gospel. Now is the day to believe it. Now is the day to take refuge in the wounds of Jesus, to find his grace and holy baptism, to find his forgiveness in the Holy Supper of his body and his blood. Now is the day. Because on the day of his return... It will be too late. Christ is returning for his church. But not everyone who is attached outwardly to Christ's church is really a member of her. This parallels what our Lord teaches us about the wheat and the false wheat. You see, the foolish virgins belong to the church, but they don't. They are baptized. Baptism saves, but they aren't saved. They hear the absolution. The absolution gives them the forgiveness of their sins, but they don't have the forgiveness of their sins. They eat and they drink the body and the blood of Jesus in the Lord's Supper, and the body and blood gives the forgiveness of sins, eternal life and salvation from sin, death, and hell. But they don't have 
forgiveness, life, or salvation. Surrounded by these precious means of salvation, they are unsaved. Now why? We cry out, how can this possibly be? Well, they fail to see what really matters. Like the foolish virgins who were a part of the group but had no oil in their lamps, they belonged to the church. They had their names properly recorded in the church records. They gave an offering, participated in the various activities, but they simply did not believe the gospel. They did not hide that word in their hearts. They did not guard it, keep it, and take it in. In other words, it went in one ear and out the other. All of that quote-unquote religious stuff meant nothing to them. They didn't even notice that their oil vessels were empty. Why should they care? I pray that you will care, dear saints. Whoever you are, nothing can be more precious to you than the gospel and sacraments of Jesus that reveal your Savior to you in your deepest sin. Think of all the religious foolishness that occupies people's minds these days. Whether it be non-Christian religions like Islam, the false man-made religion of wokeism, which has really become the state religion in our country, make no mistake about it, or liberal Christian denominations who do not believe that the Bible is true. So think about all these things and then consider how little time is spent preaching, teaching, expounding upon, and delving into the precious mystery of God's eternal grace revealed in the suffering of the God-man, Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross for the world. Dear saints, it is a simple matter to be ready for Christ's return. It's simply a matter of having the gospel. Jesus gave his great commission to his disciples in Matthew 28. After telling the ministers of his church to teach all nations and baptize them by his authority in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, he added the words, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Now the word observe here means to guard, to keep, to treasure, to take hold of and never let go. There's a parallel to this in John's gospel when he talks about abiding in his word being planted in his word. See, that, brothers and sisters in Christ, it's a simple matter. But it becomes complicated, and we make it so. We're so easily distracted from what is precious, and we spend our time and our energy on things that are fundamentally worthless. What should we be doing with our time while we wait for Jesus to come back and take his church home? We should be drinking in his promises we should be listening to his voice. We should be discussing and talking about what he says to us, for he alone has the words of eternal life. This is what it means to keep oil for the lamps. After God revealed his law to Moses for the children of Israel, he went on to say this in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. What God is saying here is really quite simple. He wants his children to care about what he says. He wants us to listen to him because we love his voice and find what he says more important than what anyone else says. If you care about the gospel, you take it in. You keep your flask full of oil. The only way to run out of oil is to pay no attention to it. And the only reason you pay no attention to it is because you just don't care. But not to care about the oil, that is, not to care about the gospel, is to not care about God or even heaven itself. 
As the hymn writer puts it, earth has no pleasure I would share, yea, heaven itself were void and bare, if thou, Lord, were not near me. You know, many people have strange, false ideas about heaven itself. A more popular falsehood is that in heaven, we're just going to sit around on clouds playing a little harp, you know, like those little rosy-cheeked cherubs in the Renaissance-era paintings. Sounds boring, right? Well, that is not what heaven is like. Heaven is a place of incomparable beauty where there is no suffering or sorrow or anger or any other kind of sin or results of sin. Just listen to what the prophet Isaiah said today. It's sad that anyone would have a poor attitude about heaven, as if he would rather go to hell. But those who don't want to know God don't want to go to heaven. All heaven is, is an intensification and purification and final culmination of what we have by faith right now. In other words, just as the gospel promises us forgiveness of all our sins for Christ's sake in heaven, we experience that innocence and joy that today we believe but don't always feel. Just as the gospel promises us fellowship with God and one another while we are still living here on earth, it won't be until heaven that this fellowship is felt in its full purity and love. Again, the hymn writer says it well. We have all things, Christ possessing life, eternal second birth, present pardon, peace, and blessing while we tarry here on earth, and by faith's anticipation, foretaste of the joy above, freely given us with salvation by the Father in his love. To love the gospel today is to love heaven on the last day. We don't find anything in heaven that we haven't already received by faith here on earth. This is why St. John in Revelation describes heaven as he does, picturing for us the lamb who was slain. The Christian loves today the crucifixion of Jesus for him. Christ for us is not just a Lutheran way of talking about the gospel. It is the very theme of our faith. And Christ for us will also be the theme of our joy in heaven also. We have everything heaven is right now, but it is not by sight or by feeling. It is by faith. When the church has lost her love for the word of God, she is no longer the church. When the Christian cares nothing about hearing, learning, and talking about the holy mysteries of the faith, that Christian has run out of oil. His faith won't burn anymore. And he'd better take serious stock of his situation before Jesus returns, because when Jesus returns, it will be too late. Nobody knows when that day will be. We know that we don't know and cannot know the day or the hour that Christ will return. Every date setter is therefore a false prophet, period. We don't need to disprove anyone's theory about when Jesus will return. If someone says he knows, he contradicts Jesus who told this parable. But we do know that he will return to judge. He won't return to set up on earth here an earthly thousand-year reign. He will create the new heavens and the new earth. He purchased this home with his blood. He promised it to us. He gave it to us in the precious gospel and sacraments. It is our home today by faith, but we won't enter it until Jesus himself greets us at the door and receives us in. And what a day of joy that will be. Just think of it. No more regrets. No more guilt for what we've done wrong. No more worry over what may go wrong. No more sadness or anguish of any kind. No more pain. Arthritis, cancer, stroke, heart disease, diabetes, depression, broken bones, you name it, it will be gone, forgotten, 
Never again mentioned among God's people. Nobody will ever steal again or lie or cheat and tear down his neighbor. And we won't even want to do any of those things ever. Our hearts will be so pure that no sin will ever come into them. This is the glory that God will reveal in his children. Those who found God in Christ and found Christ in the lowly but holy means of salvation, the gospel and his sacraments. So we treasure our oil. It is for us the true oil of gladness, for it lights our way into the wedding hall where true joy will be found forever. We pray for that blessed day. As we echo the prayer at the close of the revelation of St. John, come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For wisdom to number our days and know our frailty, that we may find hope in Christ alone and rejoice in his final coming, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, That the gifts of our baptism may abide with us, and that we may be strengthened by the word and the sacraments of Christ until he comes, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For faithful vocations in the home, the church, and the world, that would build up and cultivate God's creation according to his will. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, In thanksgiving for the marriage of Michael and Megan Carpenter, that God would assist them by his grace, that with true fidelity and steadfast love they may honor and keep their marriage vows, grow in love toward Christ and each other, and come at last to the eternal joys of paradise. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For the leaders of our country and all who serve in our military, that God would fill them with his wisdom and protect them from every danger, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For infants who have lived but a few days and for the elderly living out the rest of their days, that both may receive God's blessing and trust his temporal care until they live forever in him, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For the sick, the suffering, and those recovering, especially Pat Taney, Helen Tate, Norma Horine, Vanessa Burmeister, Charlotte Locke, Bob Rash, Chuck Lichty, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, that God would comfort them with his divine promises and grant healing and strength according to his will. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For the light of Christ and the gift of holy baptism, that as it has prepared us to taste his feast, so it would enlighten many others to join us at his table here and in eternity. Let us pray to the Lord. For hope in the Lord of the living and the dead, who will unite his whole church at last in his kingdom, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, O Lord, Heavenly Father, we gratefully remember the sufferings and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Rejoicing in his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our own high priest. Gather us together from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, for to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Well, again, good morning and welcome to you on this beautiful snowy morning that the Lord has given to us. We're kind of at that point where we've completed or are completing one church year. We begin uh, next week with Advent and a new church year. So, of course, the pyramids will all change to purple as we enter that 
penitent and expectant season of Christ's return as we also contemplate how he came to us once before uh, as a child. Turn your attention to the announcements. First and foremost, actually one that's not in there. Uh, Parents, uh, there's going to be a Christmas program meeting today immediately following worship. It's going to be brief. Uh, So if you please see Rachel and Hannah, uh, are going to be discussing details related to the Christmas program that is upcoming. And also, just for those attending adult Bible study, do remember to bring a hymnal with you as we're going to complete our study on the hymn of the day from the last week, uh, which also has themes that overlap with today. Looking ahead into the week, we have Trinity Classical Classroom on Tuesday at 9. This is also Theology on Tap Week, so women on uh, Tuesday at 7 will meet, and then also men on Thursday at 7 will meet. And ladies, this is the last uh, meeting that we'll have for our um, book that we've been studying since the beginning, really, uh, Ladylike, so we'll complete that and also be thinking of anything else that you might want to study for those Theology on Tap evening studies. Uh, And then we'll continue with our our sort of a la carte, if you will, uh, topical study that we've been uh, been doing from month to month here recently. As we look to Wednesday, we have midweek school at 3.30, then choir at 7 on Thursday, handbells at 6, followed then by men's theology on tap. Do note that it's time for Christmas cards. We just got done with Thanksgiving. Now it's time for Christmas cards. They are available in the library. Please contact Louise if you have any questions. Also, I'll direct your attention to that announcement regarding the Fetter Missionary Christmas gift. Please see details about that. The uh, deadline for that is December 10th, so talk to Sharon if you have any questions. And also, the Esther Committee, they're updating their calling list for food dish donations for bereavement meals. So if you'd like to help out with that in any way, please contact Monica. Her contact information is there in the bulletin. And also, that reminder, you know, earlier this announcement said, get your shopping done early and stock up for Christmas gifts with the uh, Women's Guild cookbooks. It's not early anymore. Now it's actually like coming. It's coming soon. Coming quickly, you might say. Uh, so stock up on those Christmas gifts if you'd like to have uh, cookbooks. We still have more available. I believe that brings us to the end of the announcements. Anything I may have missed? All right. Seeing nothing, then go in God's peace, having been fed with his word and sacrament, having received oil for your lamps, and let them continue to burn uh, by the grace of the Holy Spirit until the day comes when Jesus returns, that day which none of us know, but we all rejoice in and look forward to greatly. God's peace be with you. I'll greet you at the door.